As I was sitting at the campfire reading the Bible one early morning in the Boundary Waters Wilderness Canoe Area, I looked up to see a bear, not more than six feet away, staring at me from the other side of the fire. I hadn't even heard him walk in. There were only two of us on this little remote campsite nearly 10 miles in from the nearest trail. The night before, we had seen a mother bear and two cubs clawing on top of a beaver hut about 75 yards down from the shore. We slept fitfully, and in fact, my partner was still in his sleeping bag in the tent. But when this happened, we wasted no time in getting out of there. We threw everything in the canoe, and not even bothering to take the self-supporting tent down, we piled it on top of everything, fully set up, and set out to an island. We had a newfound respect for what could have happened. There is a fear that is healthy, and a fear that is harmful. Sorting out our fears is absolutely essential for our health, our family, and our eternity. Today, we'll learn about how healthy the fear of the Lord is, and then we'll see how to recognize the spirit of fear that can cripple a person. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. Psalms 34 teaches us that the righteous fear Him, seek Him, and believe Him. All three are necessary. The reason that people are so sloppy about God's will and His ways comes from a lack of the fear of the Lord in many cases. Pride takes over because we fear men more than God. Grace and the love of God are greatly diminished because of a lack of the fear of the Lord. And trials often persist simply for want of the fear of God. Perspective here is a great gift. The fear of the Lord doesn't mean we're crippled by it. For example, I don't stand on the edge of a tall building simply because, well, I fear gravity. A skydiver will be very meticulous about his sport because of the fear of gravity. This kind of fear simply recognizes what ignoring it can cause. We fear fire, electricity, speed, dynamite, poison, cancer, and noises in the dark. Why? Because we know what they could do if we are not properly educated and prepared. The fear of so many things doesn't cripple us because of this one thing. We've been prepared to respect the power of these things. Fire, electricity, and many other things are not terrible when we understand how to properly be aligned with them. But it takes the preparation through education, experience, and supervision in certain situations so that many of the things we fear can actually be sources of help to us. We didn't leave the wilderness that day because of the bears, but we did better prepare ourselves. I would submit to you that ignoring or rejecting the fear of God comes from an unwillingness to prepare ourselves and turn something frightening into something incredibly beneficial to us. If we like to play with fire, or to jump off high places, or take poisonous drugs because these things give us a temporary thrill, the lack of proper fear of them will potentially kill us. If we like certain sins, then we'll equally neglect, reject, or even despise the fear of the Lord because we want to. We choose to argue about it because we like the temporary pleasure of pretending it isn't really a thing. I used to like to climb trees as a kid, but after falling out of a few of them, I learned to like to have both feet on the ground. One of my dad's friends was killed by a tree because of a lack of fear of its power. 
After a tornado, he was clearing some land, and he wanted to cut just one more tree that was bent over. But he failed to account for the power of a pinned-down tree. It sprang back after the cut was made, and it killed him. A friend of mine had a similar experience with a tree when he climbed up to cut off the top. A rope tied high above him to pull the top in the right direction caused the tree to violently shake and threw him out of the tree when the limb was finally cut above him. Imagine neglecting the power of God as compared to the power of a measly tree. We can't ignore gravity or remain ignorant of a tree's potential or of anything dangerous. The peril exists whether we want to believe it or not. So, because we aren't thinking clearly, we neglect to accept the fear of God, often because we don't know the power of faith in His love, mercy, and His word. One day I was running as fast as I could towards the street. I was just a little squirt, so my dad had an eye on me. Suddenly he saw a dump truck coming down the road, and he whistled in a way that could instantly quiet a crowded gym. I know because I, he taught me how to whistle, and I've done that. Anyway, he stopped me in my tracks with that whistle, and he saved my life. We were both lucky that day. We don't raise our kids by saying, Oh, I don't want to scare my kids by telling them they could get killed if they ran out into the street. You know very well that this is playing with fire. Waiting until the last minute to warn someone is usually unwise as well. My dad saw a large crane swing a metal plate onto a large truck bed one day at work. High-voltage power lines overhead spelled extreme danger. He started running and screaming and whistling as a man reached out to steady the load just as the crane swung and hit the power lines. Death came in an instant. Let's prepare ourselves, but let's not be like so many Christians have been ever since time began. They can talk about grace, God's merciful forgiveness, and love all they want, but if they don't have the fear of the Lord, the preparation may have just been something to ward off self-esteem problems. Using God's grace to feel better about ourselves is not its purpose near as much as it is to deliver us from the claim that hell has on a sinner's life. You see, we need to come back to seeking God's grace because of the fear of the Lord, instead of merely seeking God's grace and peace because of the fear of man. Perspective also says, what good is it if we start a 5K marathon but don't finish? What value is there in being trained to be a lawyer, a doctor, or a firefighter, but we never finish and get the job? When I started building a television studio and training a camera crew for sports, I was relentless with it until it began to produce good results. I couldn't just tell my creditors, Hey, look, I have this FCC engineer's license. I had to finish the job and earn the money. People think, when I get to heaven, all I have to do is tell God, Here's my certificate of baptism. And I was confirmed when I was 12 years old, too. I got the training. But what did you do with it? What was established because of your preparation? If you don't finish the race you started, there's no point. You said you believed in God, but you didn't do anything with it, and you aren't going to get in. Not a chance will a person have to get into heaven because he believed God existed, went to church once in a while, but didn't put the fear of the Lord to use. 
He'll be like the man who said swimming is easy, but he didn't respect the water and take proper precautions. When he fell into the water when he was duck hunting, his hip boots filled with water, and he and his son both drowned because of the lack of preparation due to a lack of the fear of water. That's a true story, by the way, that happened to two of my former parishioners. Too often Christians get inoculated with just enough religion to keep from getting the real thing, which is a personal relationship with God, where we repent of our sins and diligently use our faith to grow. Jesus spoke very clearly to the seven churches in the book of Revelation before God began showing us the tribulation that this world would face one day. He told every church that he knew where they were at and what they were enduring, but that he had a few things against some of them. Unless you repent, I will spit you out of my mouth, he said to one church. A church? He that overcomes will be granted the tree of life, he said. Was he being mean, cruel, and heartless to send anyone to hell? Quite the opposite. He was warning us about the oncoming truck, the high-voltage power line, the power of gravity, the danger of neglecting the power of a tree, and the respect one has to have for the water, even if they do know how to swim. You don't go very far in life before someone hurts you. Maybe it causes you to lose your income, your reputation, or even everything you have. People who follow the Lord forgive because Jesus paid the ultimate price for them. His torture and death on the cross is the penalty everyone deserves. Let that sink in for a minute. We have been rescued from a far greater fate than the pain that others have dealt to us. Jesus was clear on forgiveness. Our heavenly creditor has forgiven us of a great debt and requires us to forgive every debt of sin upon us. The fear of the Lord will turn faith that believes God exists into the faith that brings repentance and the joy of being born again citizens of heaven. Yet, there's one more vital caution here. Don't mistake the fear of the Lord for what the Bible calls a spirit of fear that is not from God. Satan loves to twist the word of God and render it powerless. The fear of the Lord does not torment us with doubts about if we have done enough, repented enough, or obeyed God enough. Faith turns the fear of the Lord into love for God and peace with Him. The spirit of fear turns the fear of the Lord into crippling intimidation and anguish. Psalms 34 says, I sought the Lord, and He delivered me from all my fears. If the fear of the Lord has humbled us, Faith in the Lord will remind us always that when we come to Jesus, we will find rest for our souls. Don't ever let the spirit of fear rob you of the peace of God. The burden that Jesus will lay upon us is far lighter than the heavy weight of this world. How can we know if the fear that comes to us is from God? Jesus said, Come unto me all you who labor and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And James said, The wisdom from above brings peace, and is easily embraced. If we are honest with ourselves, the fear of the Lord will always lead us to a place of rest.